Mastermind.fm is proudly sponsored by LiquidWeb. While LiquidWeb has been best known as a managed hosting company with tons of options, it's also designed a managed WordPress offering that is perfect for mission-critical sites. If you're looking for improved performance, maximized uptime, and incredible support, LiquidWeb is the partner you've been waiting for. Now with Visual Compare, at first in the managed WordPress space, automatically updates your plugins. Each night we take a snapshot and visually compare the difference between each plugin. If there's no visual difference, we update the plugin for you. If there is a visual difference, we hold off updating that plugin and wait for your direction. Every Liquid Web managed WordPress customer also has iTheme Sync integrated into their management portal, allowing them to update several sites with a single touch. And if you sign up today using the discount code MASTERMIND33, you'll get 33% off for the next six months. Visit liquidweb.com forward slash managed WordPress to get started. Hello everyone, this is Jean Galea and this is Mastermind.fm. Today with me I have David Hansel from Managing Happiness. Managinghappiness.com is his latest project. You might know David from his past company, company he co-founded, MaxCDN. The service was very popular with WordPress sites. Uh, it's a CDN service, so you definitely would have come across David in that position. But now he's doing something totally different. He's now living in Bodrum, Turkey, so we'll be going into that as well. If you're struggling with any kind of work-life balance, I think David is the one you need to listen to. His new course and as Managing Happiness focuses especially on how to eliminate a lot of relationship struggles by applying the same business principles onto relationships. So join me in discussing how he got to that a stage where he's doing managing happiness and also all sorts of different things like living in Turkey, moving to the US and then out of the US and other interesting things. So I'm here with David Hensel, who I met just a few years ago at Affiliate Summit West. And we're here again today and we're going to be discussing everything that's happened in between and where he's at today. I know he's got some very interesting projects that we are going to dive into. But before we start off, David, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Awesome. A lot has happened in the last few years. Happy to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. And good catching up because we actually haven't spoken since a few email exchanges, but you know, yep. no face-to-face -face or face-to-video conversation. So glad to catch up. Background about me, I've always been an entrepreneur. I'm originally from Germany, where I had a variety of businesses, but my big dream was always to move to the United States, because back then, there was no startup scene in Germany that just didn't exist, and I always you know, saw what was going on in America, especially on the West Coast, and I was really drawn to it. So at some point, I mm -hmm. built up an e-commerce business that I sold then, and which gave me the money to get my investor visa to move to the United States, which I did in 2009. I talked my wife into moving there. <laughs> we finally did it. And in 2009, I co-founded MaxCDN. Since a lot of your listeners are from the WordPress space, yep. I guess a bunch of you know MaxCDN. You have heard of that. It was a really cool, fun ride. Had a really good time. Really enjoyed it. We had an amazing team. And early last year, I sold the business. And I have a daughter. She's three and a half years old. She was the main reason why we sold it. Because we wanted to, actually, that's not true. She's the main reason why we moved from Los Angeles to back to Europe. We live in Bodrum, Turkey now. 
because we had no family in the States and we want to be close to the family. My wife wanted to move back to Germany, but Germany is very cold after living in sunny Southern California <laughs> for, for a long time. Bodrum, Turkey is pretty much on the same latitude as Los Angeles. And so it's similar climate and we're very happy here. What was the first business that you had, the one you sold before moving to the States? This was an ensemble of different e-commerce stores. The one that was the biggest and most profitable was a hookah store, Arabic water pipes, you know, long mm, before it became popular in the US. Uh, it was There was a hype in Germany, actually. One of my IT customers, I had an IT business prior doing like maintenance of small mid-sized businesses to maintain their in-house servers. You know, back then the internet was not that big. So servers were mainly in, in businesses. This kind of gives away that I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> so I was maintaining his, his servers and every time I was there, he was really persistent and annoying. He said like, hey, I don't know anything about this internet stuff. Can you please put together a website so we can sell my products there? You know, we will partner up. And he was so annoying that I just did it to shut him up. He's like, okay, here, there's a store now. Be quiet. <laughs> and this really took off. So I had to tell all of my IT clients like, hey guys, I can't take care of you guys anymore. I have to sell stupid water pipes. You know, I <laughs> had no emotional connection to this product, but just like sold, sold a lot. At the same time, my wife and her brother had like a small chain of furniture stores, kind of like a, a Z gallery. It's like something similar that exists in the US. I was also maintained their e-commerce store. And so, yeah, but I had had the itch to move to the US, as I mentioned in the intro. And I was also tired of this, the type of work because it was everything was pretty much automated. It was like no real challenge for me. And so I mm. just felt I have to have to make a move. And it was a really good move. It was like an extreme personal growth experience and like opened my eyes like crazy that the whole world is my customer before it was always like you know yeah in the german market and like maybe the countries around germany as a market but and also like doing business only in english was also like a huge eye opener to see how big the market is once you actually switch everything to english yeah, yeah i think it's a it's a big eye opener that's a very good point i had something similar in that i had an agency back in malta and when i started developing wordpress products i didn't have any idea that like business was so big you know <laughs> when you're dealing with worldwide uh, customers it's totally different story you know and I guess there's the switch of the language because we do business in English on Malta, but then Malta is tiny compared even to Germany. So mm. there was still a big switch. All right. But just to give some context, because you mentioned that, that you're old, but you're not really that old. So <laughs> give us your real age now. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I have no problem with this. I turned 40 in May. So, so you're still young. Yeah. <laughs> so they, since they're not seeing the video call, they don't <laughs> imagine some 60-year-old or 70-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like talking about age, you know, like uh, it's something I came to realize, you know, we don't live forever and, you know, it's important to do the things that you really care about. I had like this big wake-up moment when my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer three years ago. Mm -hmm. It was like a big like, holy shit moment. When I, you know, this knock on wood, she's good, by the way, everything worked out fine. She just had a follow-up and everything's perfect. So super happy and good. about this. But when this happened, I kind of envisioned me laying on my deathbed and, you know, kind of looking back at my life and thinking about the things that I've 
you know, what I'm doing, what I've done so far, what I've accomplished. And if this is really in line with what I want to do, does this really have the impact that I want to have in the world? And is this basically the life that I think I should live? And I realized, you know, I always had this itch that I want to have a big impact in people's lives and a lot of people's lives, like kind of as hippie as it sounds, you know, and make the world a better place or have a positive impact in people's lives. And with Maxidian, it was having a direct impact on the people that, you know, were our employees and, you know, were on our team. But I want to have a greater impact. And so this, you know, made selling Maxidian much easier because, you know, I really love the brand. I love the people and was the business was going great. But, yeah. you know, this wake up moment made me change quite a bit. Mm, that's very interesting. My attitude about life has changed. I can see a big difference between my teenage years, my 20s, and now my 30s. Like the priorities change. And I think what I would like to explore maybe with you is this change of priorities, because perhaps we don't see this <laughs> as often as we should. People have this image of uh, entrepreneurs who keep on going at 100% in their business, you know, sacrificing other parts of their lives, like forever. There's no, like, when do you stop this? Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that you have specific targets, perhaps, as you mentioned, I think the fact that you must be quite a reflective person and that you set your own targets and when you achieve them, you know that it's, it might be a good uh, time to move on to something new. And uh, so I think it's important that we're all aware of this and make the background or the previous preparation and knowing what you want to do going forward. I think our objectives change all the time, you know, like you get into a relationship when you get married, when you have children or when you accomplish certain things in your business or when you have certain life events yeah. like me, that's kind of eye-opening. I think the most important thing and the thing that I wish I would have realized earlier on is to not follow the basic pattern of what the society wants from you, what your parents may want from you, or basically that you live somebody else's dream. You know, most people just follow the basic American or Western dream of like, I have to amass as much money as possible and I'll be happy once I'm a millionaire. And then once you're a millionaire, you realize like, hey, I'm still not happy. I have to add a zero. I have to add another zero. And like, you'll never end up being happy because you're not really doing what you're supposed to do. And I've, I've said this in many podcasts, but I think it's such a powerful thing or it illustrates the point so well that I'm going to say this again. In the German language, we don't use the word job. We only use the word job in a sense of like when you study and you just work at a bar somewhere to make some bucks here or there. You know, like this is when we use the word job. Mm -hmm. We use the actual profession that you have. It's, it's called the Beruf, which comes from the word Berufung, which means calling. Mm -hmm. You know, so kind of like you live your calling, you know, like the reason why you're on this planet, fulfilling your purpose. And I think it's super important that you come to this that you find out what this is and that you just uh, pursue this. And, you know, because then you will never work a single hour in your life because you're really, you're fulfilled with, you know, you, you go to bed in the evening feeling accomplished and you wake up in the morning excited to do it again, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's really, really important that we sit down and figure this out. The German language definitely gets it right there. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's also super important to figure out when you're in a relationship that you sit down and figure out what you want out of life yeah. together kind of you know that you kind of sit down and have this conversation or you sit down and kind of make your family bucket list kind of what kind of experiences do you want to have and that's you know it's gonna give you i think it's just like very crucial 
for happiness that you yeah. figure these things out. Me and my wife always try to make these five-year plans and obviously things change and everything, but I think having a plan and doing it together is super important. And in my case, we were kind of forced to do something like that because my wife's from Siberia, I'm from Malta. It's like totally different cultures, big uh, distance, you mm -hmm. know? And so when we first met, this was part of our assimilation process where we got to know each other, what we wanted out of life and kind of merged our thoughts and aims into one. And that was a very good process that made me grow a lot. That's awesome that you did this because it like really ties into what I'm doing right now. You yeah. know, I, I thought long and hard, what can I do to actually have a positive impact in people's lives? And one thing that I would have never dreamt in my freaking wildest dreams ever, you know, or my nightmares <laughs> was that I actually, with my current product, I'm somewhat of a relationship coach, which <laughs> is freaking crazy to think about. Or to, I had a really hard time saying this in the beginning. It was like, really what this what i'm doing now but i figured this thing out with my wife that had this crazy positive impact on our relationship that had such a positive impact on our relationship that i became very passionate about sharing this with others and teaching this to others it's the idea is to apply business principles to our family lives kind of a similar thing that you just yeah. did with uh, told me that you do the planning piece you know in our case, it started with me coming home from a meeting about the roles and responsibilities at MaxCDN. And my daughter needed, was still in diapers back then and needed a diaper change. And I pointed this out to my wife, said, hey, honey, Emma needs a diaper change. And she got super pissed that I told her that Emma has a full diaper and, and not that, that didn't change it myself. And I thought to myself, like, how, why the heck are we fighting about this? My wife does it 90% of the time, the, the diaper changing. And I'm totally cool with doing it. I'm just not home that often. But, you know, what bothered me was that how should I have known that it's my turn this minute? Yeah. You know, and then I realized that we never talked about the roles at home. And the next morning we figured out our roles in our household and, you know, sat down, had a meeting about this and wrote them down and had a clear conversation about this. And this took away all these unspoken expectations that we had of each other, you know, because like became really clear who actually does what and who, you know, has to own which areas of our lives. And this took away 80% of all the fights that we ever had. <laughs> and I was like, holy fuck, if this works so well, by the way, yeah, I'll try do no my worry, best to no not curse. <laughs> I thought if this works so well, maybe we can take other aspects from business and apply it to our personal lives, you know, like, because... All these things you do in the business are there to make a group of people successful, you know, and to make sure this group of people is aligned, walks into the same direction, that there's no friction between them. And, you know, family is also just a group of people. So this translates over really well. And people have spent countless dollars and hours to perfect this business dynamics. And, you know, not a lot of people thought about how to get personal relationships really well. So. Yeah was really nice to steal this and apply this you know so we started doing regular family meetings we organized our family in trello so we have like our to-dos in trello her to-dos my to-dos and like you know lots of things are in trello and we came up with our mission statement our vision statement our family core values you know basically all this stuff we budget together with similar to you we do our annual plans our five-year plans you know goal setting and like it's it's really crazy how much of an impact and how better life becomes if you have this structured approach in place versus just like being a leaf in the wind and for sure i would like to zone in a bit on your transition from 
max at the end to what you're doing now and the move from uh, the US back to Europe? Because I think many people can identify with Europeans or people from outside the US wanting to move to the US and having these big dreams for business. And they might also identify or think it's natural that people just go to places like Thailand where they can do interesting projects and live cheaply and kind of maybe what you're doing now would be somewhat in that category but Mm -hmm. you were successful in your home country germany you followed the dream to make it to the us were was successful there and then kind of let it all go to focus on something totally different and move out of the us I would like to know what was the thought process and how long it took to make this decision. It's like not something that I have encountered very often, this kind of thinking. So I, I would like to explore that a bit more. You know, when you, uh, with being in, with running Maxian, and we've been, you know, we ran Maxian for eight years, seven, mm-hmm. seven years or so. And we've been like pretty much from the get-go have been pretty successful and the business was growing really nicely, like faster than we would have thought, you know, it was, kind of, it was a really cool experience. Maxian was bootstrapped, so we never took money from anybody. So we were all thinking like, hey, do we raise money and go balls to the wall and like make this really, really big? Or do we just let it coast as is? Or do we sell it? You know, so like always kind of, you know, these, these talks after you do this for four or five years, you know, kind of start thinking like, which fork in the road are we going to take and just to interrupt you for a moment was this just you or did you have co-founder no no i have co-founders yeah okay and they are still running the business or are they all oh no no we we sold to stackpath in early 2016 we were with stackpath for a while i was their chief marketing officer okay. uh once it was a this company it's the founder of softlayer mm-hmm. who sold okay. software to ibm for like a very large amount of money like a very large amount of money. <laughs> and uh, he wanted to do it again. And he raised also a pretty big amount of money and bought up a bunch of companies and, you know, put them together under building a security platform, basically. And, you know, CDN was the CDN component mm-hmm. of, of okay. this. Putting together the brand was was really fun. I already knew kind of deep downside that this, I will not make do this forever. You know, kind of gut feeling, but there was nobody there that really could have, taken the CMO role was like hard world to, to hire for and so I put together the brand and put them on a good path and once this I felt that they you know kind of the groundwork is is laid enough like okay now it's it's time to make the move and it was very tempting because like staying there would have meant to make a lot of money mm-hmm. you know so it kind of walked away from from a pretty big chunk of money but it's once you at least for me because I was never really I always saw money as a tool and not something like, oh, I, I'll be happy if I have more. Like more means I'm more happy. I think it's total bullshit. So for me, it was always like kind of, especially after I had this experience with my wife being diagnosed with cancer and kind of internalizing that, you know, we are actually going to pass away at some point. You know, life is not it like forever. I knew that I wanted to do something that has more impact. And so it was like kind of finding what this is it's it's always a process you know like it takes quite some time and we also we're like flipping back and forth it was like not really a straight line kind of like how business success is never really a straight line i don't know if you've seen the illustrations like what people think success is like this straight yeah. arrow arrow <laughs> and but it's actually like this thing that goes like 
crazy all over the place and then at some point you, you find this so this was a similar decision making process on what i'm going to do next and where we're going to move do we stay in la do we move somewhere in the u.s do we we want to move to Bali. Actually, it's like kind of we, we talked about. Slot. There's mm-hmm. this green school, which is freaking amazing. I don't know if you have you heard about the green school in Bali. No, I've been to Bali, but I haven't Look, heard about this. It's in Ubud. It's a school where they teach kids how to live sustainably, and it's like built out of bamboo. The whole school. There's no walls. Like air kind of flows through. It's it's mm. really amazing. Yeah, I'll put in a link for the. There's a TEDx talk as well about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of investigate this would be also, we, we had two dogs, now we have four dogs. <laughs> so this is like kind of a challenge to get them in there. So it was like always, you know, uh, a challenge where, wherever you go, we kind of, you know, it's, it's always, you can always manage it, you know, but it's like, it's, so we just investigated this, we investigated Thailand, we investigated other European countries, you know, like potentially going to, but like, you know, and at some point we, Turkey was also, something that we considered my wife is born in germany but she has turkish parents you know okay. so turkey is something that we've, we've been a lot to and we actually almost moved to istanbul instead of la because i had this insane business opportunity there <laughs> this would have been printing money but i would have been selling tobacco products and i didn't want to you know i was kind of always had the hippie vibe i didn't want to sell cancer-causing products, you know, kind of like, I think it's bad karma. Even though this would have been the license to print money, we found a loophole in the law that you could not import hookah tobacco from other countries. And we found this loophole that if we manufacture a certain amount of a certain brand within the country, then we could have imported as much as we wanted. And, you know, none of the companies kind of want to give up the recipe, so we would have just, like, made one up and, like, made a ton of it and thrown in the way and then we have the rights to import you know and we got like already the distribution rights from the biggest hookah tobacco manufacturer like the most well-known brand and this really would have been like stupid money printing but i kind of pulled the plug last minute it's like okay i don't you know kind of being conscious about like my mission and what's my legacy and what i you know kind of the hippie in me my parents were hippies so this is kind of where this is coming from (laughs) i guess (laughs) having a positive impact in the world is like didn't sit right with me so like last minute i kind of pulled the plug out but i'm sure that people who are listening might be wondering how come you have so many good opportunities now because <laughs> you mentioned so many like are you lucky or you just uh, happen to have some secret sauce that you use to find these opportunities first of all like thinking you have to think that you're lucky to be lucky <laughs> you know, sure. like you always have to have a positive attitude and i see opportunity I could start a new business, like three new businesses every day. I see like opportunities everywhere. Yeah, that's and, how you, you are. Know, and I love to network. So I meet lots of people. And, you know, the longer you do this, the more interesting yeah. people you meet and the more people in powerful positions you meet. And, you know, like, and then like it gets worse and worse and worse. So that's actually my biggest curse that I kind of, the universe always brings me this amazing opportunity. And that, I, you know, that's it, very clear that this is the thing I'm going to do next. But then it also brings an equally good opportunity at the same time. So I have to kind of make up my mind. So it's like the story of my life that, you know, going to LA or to Istanbul, like two really interesting, you know, I had to kind of always make my decisions. Can we so. just take a pause then? Because I love <laughs> yeah. this. What you've just said is, I think, very important, especially for the younger people in our audience or the people who are just starting on their entrepreneurship journey. 
and maybe wondering how can I make it work? Will I ever get this great idea? I think if you're just like even halfway good at what you do and have a good personality, just networking, you'll have tons of opportunities. And that's been my experience as well. Like when we hire, for example, finding an all-rounded person is so hard that like if you are that person, you're sure to get so many opportunities in life, not only to find a job, but to find businesses, to find your partner in life and all the things that involve relationships. So just be yourself, network, and continue learning for the rest of your life. And these opportunities will always come your way. I think the key mindset of being successful in business and life and also in networking is if you can figure out how to provide value. Yep. When I meet somebody on the plane, wherever, my main objective with all the questions that I ask and like all my conversations lead to finding out how can I provide this person as much value as humanly possible? Not even asking for anything in return, but how can I figure out how can I help this person as much as possible? And when you do this, then you will not do stupid small talk like, hey, how's the weather? Shit. You know, like you'll like figure stuff out that, you know, will make networking super easy. Will also make making money will become super easy because like if you think about how to provide as much value as possible. If you think about making money, then you know you will. If you start a business for the reason of making money, you'll always lose because money is always just a side product of yeah. providing value. And if you can figure out how to provide as much freaking value to as many freaking people as possible, then you'll make the most money around. It's pretty clear, you know. It's just like, and it's a much nicer thought about like if you look at the, the person that you want to do business with, that you want to sell something to. It's like, how can I make this person's lives? better you know versus like how can i get this person's money you know it's like a much much nicer thought process and even though another hippie thought of mine is i i firmly believe that every decision in life we either make out of love or out of fear mm -hmm. it's like really everything breaks down to this and if you make them out of love you're on the right path if you make them out of fear you're on the wrong path so talking about business or sales if I want to sell you a product because I believe in this product, I know it's a good product, I know this product will solve pain points that you have, it's going to make your life better, then I will sell out of love and you will feel this. This will radiate out that I have my best attentions at heart and that this it's going to be very easy to sell this this product to people because you will feel like, hey, that's, that's genuine, that, that's, that's good. Same if you want to work for somebody, etc. It's like if you do this out of love, it's like, hey, I can really help you to grow your business, like something I'm really interested in then you know, it's going to be easy versus if you sell out of fear, um, you think about like the mortgage that you have to pay, the numbers that you have to hit, etc. And people will also feel this. And if you sell out of fear, you take away from people because you maybe even sell something to them that they don't really need. If you sell out of love, you enrich people's lives. You know, like that's, that's, that's really, really, really important. Yeah. I love this focus that you're giving on providing value because I think business, unfortunately, there's a lot of, like you said, making business to make money. But uh, I think people who do that might make money, but even if they are successful in making money, they're probably gonna fail in some parts of their life because they're doing it for the wrong reason. And what do you do with the money then? Maybe you're, you're not thinking mm -hmm. about providing value to your family or to your yep. friends. Or to your community or to, yeah, yeah. It's just like you turn to a selfish asshole basically. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we've owned in on why you made the change then, because it's this attitude of providing value. And so your next project mm -hmm. after Max to the end was where you felt you could be providing a lot of value. And maybe it's a, also a cool and fun project where you can grow personally as well. 
So tell us about this uh, new venture and uh, what you're doing there to provide value for people. It's called Managing Happiness. Mm -hmm. And as I already told you, it's like a way of, it's a framework or an operating system for your life. As a, especially as an entrepreneur, yeah. when you have, you know, like you get sucked into business like crazy and you don't really have a home life, you know, and you kind of magically mm -hmm. hope that family life will magically work out or so, you know, you have like terrible work-life balance, etc. But I'm always at home. So does that count? I work from home. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have kids, right? No, I'm just joking because this is, I think people who yeah. work from home have this big issue where they're always at home, but they're never really there because they're always at work yeah. yeah i've been thinking of this like in the future if, if i have kids it's not going to be sustainable for sure so there must be some way of managing things better so it, it's called managing happiness and uh first i want to write a book about this concept that my wife and i have you know come up with how to manage our family with these business principles mm -hmm. and with trello and etc and i thought maybe this is too nerdy you know because uh, maybe this only works for crazy german entrepreneurs and so writing this book i was a little scared of putting this you know into this book format this unchangeable format basically mm -hmm. you know releasing a book that with this and maybe it's like you know it doesn't work for other people so i decided to put together an online course yep. it's a six-week course and the first part is about how to manage yourself because, you know, like to be strong for your spouse, to be strong for your kid, to be strong for your business, for your clients, for your employees, etc. You have to be strong for yourself first and you have to learn how to manage yourself. You know, you have to learn how to become emotionally strong. You have to learn how to take good care of your body. You have to learn how to, you know, get into the right habits that will make you be, be strong, basically, right? The second part is where you figure out what you actually want out of life. You know, you create the, define the foundation of your life or your relationship with your spouse. You make sure that the the ladder that you climb up, the ladder of success is leaned against the right wall. And, you know, as I said earlier, it's not the things that you don't follow somebody else's dream. You know, it's going to make your relationship way more harmonious and mm -hmm. it's going to also make life so much easier. Like having my mission statement and my vision statement, and my core values, I use them as a filter, you know, like as you do in a business, you know, like for example, Jack Ma of Alibaba, his vision is to make doing business easier. And he says he has like tons of ideas all day on what to do, what new to add to the business or what kind of feature to build. And people in the business come to him and say, hey, we have these ideas. We could make so much money if we do this. And he always runs it through this filter. Does this feature or does this thing that we're going to add make doing business easier? Yes, I consider it. No, go away. We're not doing this. You know, it takes away a lot of the FOMO, the fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. you know? So it's also for me, like in terms of what kind of projects do I get into, like the thing that we talked about before, like the entrepreneurial ADD of like always having new ideas, you know, now I can just run these ideas through my filter and see, is this in line with who I want to be, with what I want to accomplish in life? Yes. Okay. I'll think about this more. No, go away. <laughs> Next idea. You know, and this calmed me down a lot. The next week of it is how to come up with roles and responsibilities in your relationship. Super, super important. Then the next one is how to do planning and goal setting. You know, kind of like figuring out your annual plan and your bucket list together and kind of, you know, help setting goals in health, wealth, relationship and fun, you know, in, in your relationship. The week after is problem solving because most of the time in a relationship, we only talk about problems when they come up. And then we fight about them and then we don't really solve them 
we just want to win the argument yeah. type of thing, right? And th just translate this over to business. You have a problem with like your VP of sales doesn't bring in the numbers and you go in and, and start a fight with them. Like, you're an idiot. Why do you do this? Like, why don't you bring him in? It's like, you, you like quit like <laughs> immediately, you know? But what you normally do is you go to him and say, hey man, you're not reaching your numbers. Why is that? Don't you get the leads? Like you, and you brainstorm with him to solve this issue, to make sure this issue doesn't exist any longer in your business, right? So you can focus on a new problem. You know, kind of make your business better right? with your software. Like if, if there's a bug in your system, you don't go to your CTO and start yelling with them about this bug and then you, you know, stop and then the bug still exists. You know, like you figure out how to fix this freaking yeah. bug, right? And in our relationships, we don't really do that. You know, we kind of always fix stuff with duct tape. We never really make sure yeah. we, we rip it out. And so what I teach in this course is that when, when you have certain issues, you list them in we have one column in Trello where the things are that we fight about. And then we have a meeting, a family meeting once a week, and then we look at these things and then we each pick one of the things that annoy us about each other or even about ourselves. And then we work on them. First, we brainstorm together. How can we fix them? How can we find workarounds? You know, wh whatever it is. And then we uh, keep track on every week how we're doing until we both think that, okay, this is not a problem anymore. We can, you know, get rid of this and then we pick a new one. You know, in this way, we always uh, improve, improve, improve our relationship because I'm a firm believer that if a business doesn't grow anymore or if a plant doesn't grow anymore or if a relationship doesn't grow anymore or even a person if it doesn't grow anymore it's going to die you know and this is the same thing with a relationship and most people just like have a stale relationship forever and then they wonder why it's falling apart mm. you know, it's like it has to be exciting it has to grow it has to especially as an entrepreneur you can probably relate to in a personal development geek it's that there has to be growth, otherwise it becomes stale and boring. Also, so this is why I think it's it's super, super important that people do this. The next one in the finance, like lots of couples fight about finances. And I in, in this course I teach them how to first of all talk about your finances, to how to and also I teach them how to budget, how to do net worth tracking, etc. And kind of what you need to become more successful in this regard and, and, and stop the fights and kind of be aligned in in what you want because like once you set your goals with this and you, you know you kind of agree on these goals together you'll find it much easier to save up for things that you really want like a cool vacation or a new car or a house or whatever the heck it is you know versus and once you have these goals and you work towards these goals it becomes much easier not to buy the 10th pair of adidas sneakers for you or your wife buying the 10th black dress or whatever you know like it's like kind of think twice like hey if I you know, save a little bit here and there, you know, like it, it's, it's just, it makes a lot of sense, you know, to be happy, right? And so it's kind of the idea is that I call the course Managing Happiness because I believe it's important that you manage the things that are important for you. You manage your, your business, you manage your money, you manage your health. And if you really care about your relationship, then you put in this work, you know, because it is work, it requires some effort and then you manage your relationship. That's kind of an overview of the course. Awesome. Sounds really interesting. So... Thanks for providing that, I guess, for providing value to all of us who struggle <laughs> with these things on a daily basis. And I think that these are things that we will continue to struggle with all our life. But having a framework of this sort helps make progress every, every day on these things and not let things stagnate until it's too late to fix. So I think that's the most important thing there also like fixing things and arguments become like so 
you know, will go away in a millisecond. You know, for example, let's say my wife often said like, I do everything, you do nothing, you know, and then it's like, no, honey, actually, like you open up the roles of responsibilities, like actually, honey, I do this and this and this and this and this, and you do this and this and this and this and this. And if you want to shuffle a few things around, then we can talk about this. But you already have like a, I don't know, like a baseline or predefined thing and you can, you know, makes everything so much easier. So this, this is why I'm so super mm -hmm. excited about sharing this with us because it had such an amazing effect on our lives. And, you know, so my hippie being wants to share this with everybody and their mom. <laughs> By the way, I can send you the link to the Trello board so you can, sure, yeah, you can check it out. Awesome. And you can also paste this into the show notes yeah. because like this kind of gives you a very good idea on how the whole thing works. By using this, this is where my selling out of love comes in. You can you can figure most of the value out of this if you apply mm -hmm. this. You don't even have to buy the course. The course is like 200 bucks or so. So you can use this and you'll get 80% of the value if you can figure it out this way. Awesome. So we'll put that in the show notes for sure. And so is your wife doing this with you or is it just you who builds everything? I mean, the, the whole project, I guess, is something you both came up with together. No. Yeah, yeah. We. I was the driving force behind this because I. I don't know. I like. I like to build systems. And You're an entrepreneur. I, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> so. I'm an entrepreneur, and I, I like business. You know. So, and I felt these pain points in business before, and know what it is not to have a mission, or know what like kind of thing about not having a finance meeting for a few months, like <laughs> in the business. You're like what? What? You know? <laughs> what the heck? And so, my wife you know, just helped develop this. You know, kind of go back and forth and she was also instrumental in terms of making this more digestible for people who are not happy to sit in front of the screen for 10 hours you know before i actually had this in excel sheets you know and it was like not so nice to mm -hmm. use and to look at and she kind of pushed me to to make this easier to to consume and so <laughs> yeah so this is your full-time focus for both of you at the moment no, my wife focuses on raising my daughter mm -hmm. and taking care of our, you know, make, making sure everything at home home is okay. And I, it's not really my full-time focus. I'm, I mentor a few startups. You know, it's something where I can also see I can provide a lot of value, mm -hmm. like people that have companies that have grown very fast and they never had a business that size before. You know, and it's very easy for me to come in and like talk to them a little bit and see where they have issues and like it's so funny every time i'm talking like we had these same issues before at maxi and then we solved them and you know so it's like just muscle memory it's very easy to provide a lot of value to to people who are, who are sure. in this in this position so i really really enjoy enjoy doing this you know it's also like very much in line with my personal mission statement you know so that's why i'm I'm happy to do these things. Like it, it passes the filter. <laughs> Basically, my my personal mission statement is to be a change agent mm -hmm. who's transforming individuals and organizations so they can reach their full potential and consciously live the life they desire. Mm. And that's helping this this organization to reach their full potential by you know, sharing the stuff that I learned in my previous journey. So that's yeah. you know, easy way to have a big impact and you also mentioned earlier that you have a podcast yes i started to i have not released anything yet i have recorded six or seven mm -hmm. episodes so far i did one with yost <laughs> today and his wife <laughs> are these for the same project for this managing happiness yeah, yeah, it's it's all about managing happiness. You know, I talk to successful entrepreneurs that have family mm -hmm. or in a in a fixed relationship, how they manage the madness of work life balance between 
growing a startup and 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 having a family and it's it's, yeah. it's really interesting to see what other workarounds they have found you know, these these people have found and you know it's uh, i learned a lot while, while doing this this will be released uh, publicly or is it part of the course no this will be released publicly i'll um maybe uh, in like two weeks or so i probably start to release the first first episode on managing happiness Looking forward to checking out the Oast episode because both him and his wife work on the business. Then they have like five kids, or was it? Yeah, one, the four, four kids. Four kids. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's they must be using a lot of Trello boards there. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, my final question would be: since I am a very avid traveler. And I like this experience of living in various places and taking the best and assimilating to the culture in that place. So I'd love to hear more about Turkey and Bodrum and maybe if you could contrast it to the other places that you have lived. Mm -hmm. In terms of climate, it's very similar to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really, really nice. People are very open, very welcoming, super, super nice. The cost of living is very affordable. I mean, coming from Los Angeles, everything feels like a joke. It's <laughs> <laughs> like just like so stupid expensive. But yeah, cost of living is like a third of what it is in actually less than a, less than a third. So it, it's very very digestible. The food is really amazing. Even though I'm vegan, mm -hmm. so Los Angeles was much easier for me. I'm vegan uh, and I don't drink and I don't like cars. So they kicked me out of Germany. They said, hippie, go to Southern <laughs> California where you belong to. <laughs> That's the unofficial story where I left Germany. <laughs> but Turkey is like, uh, Bodrum is it's like a vacation destination where the, mm -hmm. the wealthy Turks have second houses there and they go there mm -hmm. in the summer. It's it's really, really gorgeous and beautiful. Just like Google Bodrum and click on the image search and you'll you'll see how nice it is. I travel to Istanbul a lot where I mentor startups and go to events because like, I like to be around mm -hmm. other entrepreneurs yeah. and, you know, internet nerds. And this is like really not given here. <laughs> this is why I escaped to Istanbul from time to time. And Istanbul is like, an, if you haven't been there, you have to go. It's, it's such an amazing, mind-blowing city. Yeah, I've been uh, there I a few can. months ago, actually. I really loved it. It's such a cool city. It has so much style and I have to have to go in. In terms of, you know, there have been like some, some bombings at the mm -hmm. end of last year in, in Turkey in terms of security concerns. A lot of a friend of mine are concerned, like, you know, when we said we're moving to Turkey, yeah. they're like, you're crazy. How can you do this? <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's, it's everything is, is going to be eaten much cooler than it's cooked, you know, and the media really paints the wrong picture on what's going on here. Like, the mass media sucks in general. I personally don't consume any any news. I only consume uh, industry-related news and everything else. Like, I kind of, you know, if people tell you, then you hear it. But, like, and then that's, you kind of hear the important stuff. But they drive so much fear into people. You know, it's, yep. it's just, it's nothing going on here. It's like, there's nobody talks about any drama like there's no political unrest here it's like just absolutely normal similar when you think about the us and you follow the media and you think oh i can't even go to a movie theater there because somebody will shoot me or i can't yeah, walk yeah. past the school because there's going to be a mass shooting it's just bullshit there's nothing nothing happening if my day has come then my day has come so what else right yep awesome so yeah definitely i'm gonna be putting bodrum on my list of places to check out yeah please come by and uh, yeah do you plan to stay there for a while yeah we'll we'll definitely stay here for for a while we, we bought here you know so we're, mm -hmm. we're pretty pretty rude here i think this probably is going to be 
our home base forever, most likely, you know, because it's cost of living is easy. And also the property, there's very low property taxes, you know, so you can just like have, have the houses chill mm-hmm. there, like, and not, not, you know, even if you don't rent them out, because versus in, in certain states in America, it's like freak crazy yeah. how much property tax you have to pay each year. So it's, you know, a good, good home base for us. I want to go to India for three months. I want to go to Bali for three months. Like it's kind of on my agenda. And I, yeah, yeah. I'm similar to you. I love to explore new places and really get to know the culture and be there a little longer and we'll travel. So, yeah, I think uh, we did provide a lot of value to our listeners today. I hope they can check out your Trello board, your managing happiness course. And is there any other resource that you would like to mention? I blog at davidhensel.com. So you can come and check it out. And if you have any questions, just, you know, hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or shoot me an email, dh at davidhensel.com. And, you know, always, always happy to chat. Awesome. All right. Thank you for being with us, David. Thank you for having me. It was fun. It was awesome catching up. Hope you enjoyed today's interview with David Hansel. This has definitely been an enriching conversation for me. Uh, David has really kind of honed in on this work-life balance. I think he's doing a great job with managing happiness. I love the way that he's implementing business principles in relationships and you know, thinking of providing value to all the people around him. And I think that's a very good principle for every one of us to keep in mind as we go on our daily life. So hope you enjoyed this and I'll be with you in the next episode of Masterminded FM. In the meantime, you can send us questions at podcast at Masterminded FM and find me at Jean Galea on Twitter. You can also check out all the episodes on iTunes, but also on our website, Masterminded FM. See you in the next one. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Mastermind.fm. If you liked what you heard in today's episode, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your feedback encourages us to keep producing the kind of content that you have come to rely on for your own entrepreneurial journey. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover on the show, send it to us through our website or via email at podcast at Mastermind.fm or even connect with us on Twitter at Mastermind.fm. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a fantastic week.